Welcome to The Intersect. I'm Michael Brunash. Join with me is my co-host, Noah Koot. Hello. Yeah. And welcome to episode whatever, just the first episode without a cat. <laughs> so no random meowing. I missed a cat. I don't. You don't like cats. I know that. Yeah. I'm a dog person. I used to have a cat. Yes, and that cat tried to kill me repeatedly. Because she has claws and cats have claws and it's normal that they grab on things with those claws yes but they should not be scratching my neck or trying to uh smother me in my sleep that's that's not okay i guess that's the way you could look at it but uh i'm just saying you're wrong (laughs) i mean to be fair your cat was playful but this cat is just annoying this cat was just annoying and would always show up when i'm recording like a fat cat just sleeps all day doesn't do anything fun not even fat cat it's just old she's like 15 something like that years old so it's just like uh my back i can't move all right well uh should we get on with the news all right yeah let's start our episode with the big surprise coronavirus <laughs> Yeah, uh, my call on starting with coronavirus again. We have other big news to talk about, but uh, I felt like since we always start with coronavirus, why not talk about it till it finally becomes something irrelevant, which might take years. Yeah. We're going to talk about coronavirus in literally every episode yes. for this podcast. I, I, at least for now. Yeah. For the foreseeable for the next, future. For the next half year, just going to be coronavirus update each time. Yeah. Alright, so the United States breaks another milestone with 5.2 million cases because America number one. That's... You know what I want to see? I want to see that new census information we get this year and see, like, how much of the population 5.2 is. Um, I mean, previous counts of the U.S. population is 330 million people. So 5.2 is... You're you're an engineer. Do the math. I'm just gonna say it's more than one percent. It's less. It's <laughs> less. It's less than two uh, percent, but it's more than one percent. But still, when you think about it, you know what one percent is? One in a hundred people. Yeah. Which I guess doesn't sound like a lot, but but think of it though. In a in a in a huge country, like re- remember our uh, remember these sporting events that you could have before COVID. So say a stadium can hold, let's say, 10,000 people on the smaller side. If 1% mm-hmm. of 10,000 people have it, what is that, like 100? Yeah. It's like, that's, like, it's, 1% is actually a really pretty big deal. Well, yeah, and, well, uh, I, I could put it this way. A um, billion dollars sounds like a lot. It is a lot. But then think of it this way. You know what 1% of a billion is? 100,000? Uh, no, sorry. A million? Ten million. Ten million? Yes. Ten million dollars is still a lot of money, and you'd be happy with that ten million, too. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, I'm just saying, 5.2 million cases, huge number. Yes. Well, now we have a much smaller number next, but even more devastating. The United States passes 165,000 deaths. Ugh. <sighs> And every day, about a thousand new deaths happen. Or was it eighty? Every eighty seconds, there's a new death coming up. That's depressing. And that's just death from coronavirus. Yes, these are just coronavirus deaths. Uh, right now, coronavirus is on par to become the second or third uh, biggest killer of Americans this year. Wait, how many people die a day then? About. Uh, right now we're at about 1,000 deaths per day. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. On the bright side, it looks like cases are starting to level off. Like, we're hitting a new plateau. I... This might be speculation, but I think it's either going to stay up that way, or it's going to go up again. I hope it goes down. (laughs) I very much hope that it goes down. You can say that, but unfortunately, the way it seems to be happening is in states that seem to have mainly recovered from the issue are starting to see uh, 
small resurgence of it. Yeah. It's probably not going to be as big as the first time it appeared because people are more prepared now. But a resurgence still means more people getting infected. Yes. Um, yeah, well, we'll see what the U.S. does. Um, also, another like milestone is uh, Brazil is now... Uh, the Well, they have been the country with the second highest death toll, and they reached over 100,000 deaths. And I, last time I, like, we were talking about Jair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil, and I was personally hoping, we were hoping that um, because he contracted the coronavirus, that Brazil would take things more seriously, uh, a la Boris Johnson in the UK. But sadly, they do not. And Brazil is following the U.S.'s lead on this issue. So it's a big no. Yep. It's depressing. <sighs> and once again, in the face of a major economic crisis, in the face of a major pandemic, uh, pande- pandemic threat, and massive uh, levels of unemployment, people don't, uh, people facing a wave of evictions this country has never seen before, the United States Congress decides to do nothing. I mean, oh my God. I'm still hearing all these bills about, oh, unemployed Americans get so-and-so amount of money a week and such. Okay, so the, the, biggest, the biggest disagreements are the how much does every person get, like, as a check. And, um... So Democrats basically want the same thing, if not higher, and they want to include dependents, you know, college to stu- uh, people like college students who didn't get anything, even though I'm pretty sure uh, as college students, we cost more than your average 10 year old um, mm-hmm. or uh, people or adults living with disabilities um, who can't maintain who can't like live by themselves who are with their parents. So now they get money too. Well, the idea is that it would expand access to them to build it and pass. Um, and the biggest, the other biggest sticking point is uh, unemployment, unemployment insurance. So because of COVID, what happened is that the, the U.S. government, the federal government said that, okay, we're going to expand who can get unemployment insurance and like, as well, we're going to give a boost. And because Congress couldn't figure out an exact way to do wage replacements, like a European model, they're like, what is the average income in the United States? It's about $15 an hour. And so we're just going to give an extra $600 to everyone. And mind you, that $15 an hour is double the federal minimum wage. So they were giving, so they added an extra $600 to whatever your state already gave for unemployment. So if you're in like, uh, North Carolina, you get maybe a hundred eighty per week normally. Now you would get seven hundred and eighty. If you're in Massachusetts, it would be I, I'm not sure the exact total, but it'd be a lot higher. That mm-hmm. so they didn't make a distinction between states. So the Republicans think that this is a disincentive for work. Uh, that people are being paid more on unemployment than their actual jobs, which for some people is true. I, yeah, I was I was actually gonna say that. From what I've seen and heard a lot of people talk about, it is actually paying more than some people earn from certain jobs. Oh, yes, by far. It might actually hit the service industry a little bit more than you expect. Yes. Oh, well, to be fair, the service industry is non-existent (laughs) right now. Um, Uh, I mean, I'm currently doing a... Okay, uh, but it's on a... It is a limited... It is a limited industry. It is not as big as it was like in February. That is true. Um, also, likewise, and it, also, it, well, I was also gonna say not only service but manufacturing is also impacted at the moment. No, manufacturing is fine because manufacturing wages are actually relatively higher. Uh, not everywhere. Okay, meatpacking is down. It it affects meatpacking, but uh, people who work in meatpacking typically wouldn't receive unemployment insurance because they are typically immigrants not all but yeah. most most of them i'm also all. hearing about it impacting for example people in any supply chain based industry though uh so anything to do with logistics actually might be impacted by it 
Yeah. And anyways, the whole point is that the Republicans wanted to lower it to $200. Democrats are like, A, we still have an incentive to keep people home to contain the virus because we're failing at that with 5 million cases. And B, it's a stimulus program. By giving people more money than they normally would have, you induce spending and the entire U.S. economy works on spending. It is a huge part of our GDP. That is true. It is good to increase spending. But the problem is that also doesn't that mean that uh, tax, more taxes have to be, to be paid later on? Uh, because it is a form of income, it is taxed. Um, it is tax, taxable income. Um, so people might see a surprise uh, bill afterwards. But then again, people are not paying their payroll taxes because, you know, they're not on jobs, so they can't pay payroll. Um, also, what you need is whenever you have a big economic recession, what you need, I mean, people will disagree if you're on the, what was that stupid thing called? The Austrian economic model. You're like, cut spending everywhere, cut, cut everything. Um, versus if you're on the, what the U.S. does, the Kesnian Keys, John Edward Keynes, I think that's his name, the Kesnian model of, uh, of recovery is you make up for the lack of spending by p businesses and people and you make it up with government. So this is why when you give people more money, essentially more money than they would have when they have a job, is that you're making them spend that money. Especially people who are the lower, uh, lower income people, they have more money to spend. They can buy food. They can buy. They can secure their housing, rent, etc. Which is important because, what was it? Twenty million people are. Uh, Twenty million families are at risk of being evicted, right now. Mm-hmm. Which is a All record. Right. That uh, makes sense. Just as I say. I I don't know. I just feel like racking up more debt without really thinking much about the long-term possibilities is something to avoid but i'm oh, sure it's the german the german in you i know it's, <laughs> i can't just i mean also i'm you, working you, a naturalization i don't want to be in a country that has awful debt although it kind of okay. already does debt, <laughs> debt is really cheap right now um We've already, we, we have a, as a deficit for the year, we already have a, like a $4 trillion deficit. So at this point, we're just playing with monopoly money. Um, so that's something. And also when, when things are bad, this is when you need the government to step up. As much as I was making fun of you, the German in you, Germany is having, is, uh, is expanding access to debt. For the e uh, like with the EU to help out Italy, Spain, and countries affected by coronavirus. Yeah, well, because also in the long term it helps the EU build up, and Germany kind of, you know, if the EU does well, Germany does very well, and if the EU does bad, then everybody owes Germany. Yeah. Um, so they're trying that's to. That's a weird way to put it, but it's kind of true. Yeah, they were just trying to make up for the faults of two thousand eight. So they're reversing their strategy. Because in 2008, they're like, cut spending. Greece, cut everything. Because Greece... Actually, Greece sounds like a great place to retire. You get so many benefits at like 50. It's awesome. <laughs> but to run a, a, an economy and government, it's a very bad system. Um, but yeah, so back to the US. So seeing that Congress has decided to do nothing, uh, President Donald Trump... <clears throat> Never and still don't like saying that. Decided to do something. He signed a couple of uh, executive uh, notices, memora memoranda. Um, they're not. They they hold less power than executive orders. But basically, it's saying that um, the government should help people figure out how to deal with the eviction process. Not pause evictions. Deal with it. He extended uh, the unemployment insurance. Except uh, instead of 600, he put it at 400, which is actually a compromise uh, compared to what the Republican Party wanted and what the Democrats wanted. And he did a couple other things, but the main point is none of this is legal. No one, in, there's nowhere in the, con the Constitution says that Congress deals with money and taxes. Oh, he also did a payroll tax cut, which everyone says is stupid because 
no one has a job a lot of people are losing their jobs so payroll tax cut is pointless um but yes all of these things are he can't do i don't know who would stop him from doing it because congress is not gonna stop him um some states have said they're not gonna do the they can't do the um the uninsurance claim because they just don't have the money for it mm-hmm. so i don't know we shall see um hey i think that's enough for corona right yeah um and we talked about brazil yes okay cool um let's move into the big news i think that happened recently um yeah impacted a lot of people it's in another part of the world so you guys might already have an idea of what it is about um i have some good friends from over there we both have good yeah friends we, from over there. we have the same and friends so i've heard a lot of about uh, a lot about it from uh their perspective and uh it's yeah. also so they're, basically, they're, they were personally affected by it like uh yep. some of so, our friends they had family in the area it's very scary lebanon yes and beirut there was a major explosion caused by a warehouse filled with nitroglycerin. Um, there's a lot more details to come up on it, and we don't know everything about it. And it's leading to also a lot of current issues right now, where uh, the government is kind of in total chaos. Well, which... Actually, the government resigned completely. Yes, total chaos. Because Lebanon's government is already basically in a constant state of chaos... So now it is chaos beyond chaos. Yeah. So for as much as we joke around, or not joke, complain uh, audibly, um, that like the U.S. is a mess, Brazil's a mess, whatever other country we talk about from time to time, always negative things about other countries. Um, but uh, no, Lebanon is actually like, they are dealing with multiple crises that are once in a lifetime issues. Um, like, uh, by last year, at the end of last year, uh, there was a mass, there was a lot of, Lebanon has a history of massive government corruption. And at the end of the last year, there were mass protests to remove, uh, remove the government. Um, so that was one thing. At the same time, the Lebanese bank more or less defaulted. They, their currency is now worth like 20 like it, it's worth less than ever before like i've i don't remember the exact thing but it was like it used to be like uh ten thousand liras i think was a dollar now it's like closer to like sixty thousand or something like that so their currency is becoming increasingly worthless um mm-hmm. you might have your bank account you might have say two hundred dollars on your bank account you can't you can't take out those $200. You can only take out like $50 like a week a day, something like that. So Lebanon was having all these problems by 2019, by the end of 2019. And um, also, um, wasn't there the Syrian refugees that also led to a major yes. issue? Lebanon um, per capita has the most Syrian refugees. Uh, Syrian refugees make up, uh, last I check, a third of their population now. Yeah, um... I'm not saying that it's bad to accept refugees, but what I'm just going to point out is I think Lebanon was not ready for such a situation. And also, for any country, increasing your population by 33% is basically something impossible to deal with in a manner that's not going to lead to issues. Like, in the U.S., if imagine 100 million new people were just in the U.S. Yep. That'd be wild. So, that's just something to point out. Um Already kudos for Lebanon for probably surviving this long. But yeah. <laughs> it sounds so mean. Um, no, it, um, It's not mean. It's true, though. Yeah, it is true. To be fair, Lebanon is right on the border of Syria. So it's easy for Syrian refugees to go to Lebanon. It was not, it was not necessarily out of Lebanon's kind-heartedness that they accepted all these refugees. No. I will was... say, generally, from what I've heard from Lebanese people, they are actually pretty unhappy about the refugees. Yes. Yes, and it's a massive problem. And this was this was in 2019. 2020, they have to deal with COVID. And already when you're a country that is so weak economically and politically and socially, to deal with a pandemic on top of that is ridiculous. 
like we were just talking about how the U.S. cannot handle it, cannot handle it, and the U.S. has far more resources than Lebanon. I mean, and, what if if I want to say one positive thing about Lebanon, they might be weak in all these aspects, but at least culturally they're still pretty strong and have a pretty yes. The people in Lebanon are incredibly strong, incredibly but powerful, also their culture, resilient. Their, their culture, culture is, is very visible on a global scale. Yes. Um, at least because they have a lot of educated workers working around the world that all trace back their family to Lebanon. Yes. So it's... Uh, now, the people of Lebanon are resilient and they're dealing with a lot. And then um, to add with all the chaos of COVID, everything... Um, last week, uh, we were talking about this. Uh, what was the exact chemical again? Nitroglycerin. It was a chemical that I think is used in both exclu- uh, both explosives and fertilizers. Yes. Uh, so a warehouse of nitroglycerin, right? Yep. A warehouse uh, full of nitroglycerin that was dropped off by a ship. Yeah. Um, it was a two hundred. I think it was two hundred seventy thousand tons, something like that. It was a massive amount. Um, yeah. The only reason it was there is because a ship was supposed to bring it to some random country in Africa. Uh, the name slips my mind, and they they encountered issues and they landed in the port of Beirut, and the person who owned it, the Russian businessman who owned it, he could not afford to like move the cargo, so it stayed in Lebanon, and it's been there for seven years, and last week. Uh, as of we're recording this, um, no one knows yet the exact cause of it, but a series of explosions went off and the whole stockpile exploded. Um, it actually, at first there were people were worried that it was a nuclear bomb because it created a mushroom cloud. It, it flattened all the buildings that are around it within like a one to two kilometer radius. It shattered the windows all the way up to like five kilometer radius. It was a massive like explosion. Hundreds of people are, are reported dead. Thousands are reported missing. Um, I don't know. It's, um, it's a lot to deal with. It's saddening. Um, also, if I remember properly, didn't it also hit a major part of the Lebanese food stockpile. Yes. Um, um, so Also, Le- I think it hits a lot of important buildings in Beirut, which is a capital, and that includes government buildings. So it yeah. also destroyed infrastructure, which would be needed to deal with such an issue. Yes. Um, so b- the one of the issues that Lebanon faces is that they are not a... They import a lot of their products. They import food, they import um, products, etc. Every Most of the, what they do is they import stuff. And they had stockpiles of food. I think they, they said they had like three years worth of food or of grains or something at the port. Um, that's gone. Uh, the port that they receive most of their stuff from is a crater. The satellite images are, I don't haunting. Like it just... It's just a crater. Like, it's, it, it looks like it's water now. Oh, yeah, no. Where the warehouse was standing, it's a crater filled with seawater because it wasn't a port. Um, I kind of found it surprising that the building right next to it still has some semblance of a building being there in the first place. But also, when I read into it, uh, it was probably a building built to be extremely resistant to explosions because um generally with grain and at least a lot of materials that are flammable and uh are in very light like powdery um they can act if they catch fire it can be actually incredibly explosive yeah so yeah uh generally though if you look at the city it's destroyed it's not an apartment with a wall missing although that does exist we got that one picture uh, that that picture is actually one of our friend's uncles. Yeah, so there's that, but also just apartment buildings that literally don't exist anymore. Houses, homes, thousands are thousands have been thrust to uh, homelessness. And actually, do we know if there's any international movement there right now by like WHO or anything along those lines? 
Oh, well, not WHO, Red Cross. Uh, well, WHO is a con- concern. Um, the France, uh, my, uh, president, the president of France, uh, Emmanuel Macron, um, he visited the country. Notably, he did not visit with the leaders of Lebanon. He went to the crowds to address the Lebanese people, and he's pledged uh, that France would help. Uh, mind you, France used to... Um, Lebanon is an old French colony mandate. That's the technical term. Um, he said that the government of France will help Lebanon. And he honest, he met with the people, uh, the Lebanese people. The, Le- the prime minister of Lebanon did not, the former president, now former president, uh, prime minister of Lebanon did not. So what does that say when the people look at a foreign president former colonizer basically and say thank you we need you you you're you're helping us do not trust our current leaders Um, well i would say as i said lebanon is culturally strong and part of that is well at least as a french person i see it a lot because you know a lot i feel like especially in french schools or in france you do easily meet a lot of lebanese people um, that's also partially just because the French education system is probably the most respected education system currently in Lebanon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we both have a lot of friends from Lebanon, whether that's in France, Boston. Um, I know a lot of people of Lebanese descent in Haiti, which is not something you'd think about, but there's a lot of them. Um, and it's, they'll get through it, but it's just a rough time. All right. Should and, we move uh, on to something else? Or do I, think we sh- I think we should just take a, a break. Just yeah, like recharge. kind of depressing. Yes. Hey guys, we're just taking a small break. We appreciate the support that we've gotten, and we wanted to give back to a friend of the pod. So if you want a quality homemade lip gloss, check out. Visit my website for quality homemade glosses at babygloss.com. It leaves your lips so moisturized and smoke. Just check it out, guys. If you're interested, visit the website or follow on social media. Details are posted in the show notes. And we're back. Welcome back. Hopefully we're on to some less depressing news. So last episode we talked that um, the five, uh, four of the major tech companies in the United States, uh, in the world, are going to Congress to testify on whether or not they are a monopoly. And... As congressional testimonies go, it was actually informative sometimes. Um, they made their points, and it's clear that tech has some issues. Just just to begin, um, so David Cicilline, uh, Congressman Cicilline, he is the head of the of the uh, of the body that was interrogating the, those companies. He's the ranking member, and he and this is part of his opening statements. Their ability, talking to about Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon, to dictate terms, call the shots, upend entire sectors, and inspire fear represents the power of a private government. Our founders would not bow before a king, nor should we bow before the emperors of the online economy. So that's how it starts. Hmm. So, and... Cicilline is a Democrat, but Republicans also had their point. It's like, um, paraphrasing, it is, not a, it is not a crime to be a big company, but when you manage so much of the economy, it's your, we should look over you guys. So it is a bipartisan push to regulate tech. And each company is there for different reasons. Uh, there's uh, different punishments or whatever. For example... Let's go from order of severity. Apple, Apple had the least amount of like issues to deal with because Apple dominates a single market. They dominate the iOS apps platform. Also, I feel like in terms of privacy, Apple is usually a company that tries to defend it more and fights against the government trying to have access to information. Do you think the government cares about our privacy? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, they, they say they care about privacy because that's what they say when they're dealing with companies like Facebook, I feel. 
Um, I think it was a month ago they passed a law that says the FBI doesn't need a search warrant to look at your um, your search history. So I, I wouldn't place. I, I think it's more hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we'll talk about that hypocrisy later. Um, but yes, so what so what Congress had took issue with is um, is Apple and their App Store policies. So oh, that's a big one. True. Yes. So. One of the topics is how much they charge in commission. So when you go to a store, say you buy a app for a dollar, ninety-nine cents, it then that whole ninety-nine cents does not go to to the app. Thirty uh, percent of it goes to Apple. Or if you have a subscription, if you sign up on Spotify on Apple, thirty percent of it goes to Apple. Versus- wait, 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 wait. Um, does that have anything to do with a new Microsoft Xbox streaming service? Yes and no. Uh, because you've heard of that news, which does yes. involve also the App Store. Okay, so Apple also Apple also locks have a opaque and lockdown sector. So the Microsoft thing is Apple does not like other stores on its platform. So this is why it's very limited to buy uh, Amazon uh, products on the App Store. This is why you cannot um, can't use an alternative payment system. And they have a lot of these rules, and they're worried about like preferential treatment to towards um, towards different developers. So, for example, Amazon actually gets to be able to sell at least rent out their movies on their platform because Amazon is such a big seller, and they get to do it at fifteen percent, versus typically it's a thirty percent for everyone else. And they're worried that it's uh, at least say for. Apple Music, for example, that they have a significant advantage of over Spotify because Spotify has to pay thirty percent for the first year to Apple. After the first year, fifteen percent, but that's still a significant chunk. Versus Apple Music doesn't have to pay that at all. So that's um, that's an issue. I mean, it does not have to pay that at all, and even if it had to pay that, they still belong to Apple, so it doesn't change anything. Yes. Um, so that was their big issue. Um, mind you, since this uh, hearing happened, every business has gone up. Uh, Apple is now the most valuable company in the world again. They beat uh, Saudi Aramco, you know, the largest oil company in the world. Yeah, um, although I heard Saudi Arabia is doing stuff with oil. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> it has to do with the U.S. stockpiles, but this is a whole topic of itself. Yeah. And uh, Tim Cook is officially a billionaire now. So good for him. Well, congrats to him. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, for, let's see. For simply being a, uh, put put in as a CEO of a company, that usually just means that he's doing a good job. Yes. Um, okay. So next level of severity would be. I want to say Google. Um. So Google. Uh, so a lot of your things is. Um, it has to deal with shirts and ad ad revenue, and uh. so, so people are so criticism of Google was were they prioritizing their own services and products over other people? And you know, if you've been on Google, yeah, it looks like that. <laughs> um, so that was one thing. Uh, one thing is um, is the the way sometimes that they scrape information that doesn't belong to them. And they put it on their web web page, and they don't give any of the ad money or the traffic to said website. So notably, Yelp. So Google will, will take the reviews that they get from Yelp. They post it on on their homepage when you look something up, and then Yelp doesn't get any of that ad revenue. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing was their ads platform. So they're saying that uh, Google dominates the online ad market, which is true they own around 50 percent of the market the other 50 percent belongs to facebook um and there's the saying is that, that for almost all advertising online yeah whoa i never realized that's such a big market share <laughs> that can't be global though i'm not sure about global within the u.s i guess i can see it within but the u.s globally? it's 50 percent um globally if it's not I would say it would be closer to 40%, something like that. Even just being 25% is huge, though. But they're, they're over that. Because if you think major, major uh, tech companies, you think, uh, major online 
companies. There's Amazon, there's Google, Facebook, and the only ones who I could say can kind of compete with them is um, Tencent. Yeah, so in China, they surely don't have much market share. Oh, no, uh, Google doesn't operate in China. For now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also, just thinking that there are a lot of websites that Google probably does not want to have any affiliation to, even if they're advertising on them. Yes. So that was the main issue of Google. And um, actually, what was really sad is... Uh, one, one, I forgot which Republican congressman uh, said this, but he called Sundar Pichai and Google specifically un-American. Not, <laughs> face, not, Facebook, who, not Facebook, who allows lies, uh, manipulation, etc. Um, not Apple, who has some dubious uh, human rights records with their uh, manufacturing sector. He called the only immigrant on 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 the text on the tech hearings un-american so take whatever you want from that subtext um all right next up uh next up in severity i say that's amazon um so (sighs) uh amazon the problem is it's like I want to say the modern monopoly because that's what everyone is saying. It is but not I don't a really monopoly. want to say monopoly because it's more like the company that's diversifying and just way too many things. Okay, but here's the thing: you, that's not that's not a big deal. Um, I mean, it is a big deal, but it's like we never punish companies for branching out that much. Honestly, if uh, like if we're gonna call any of these companies a monopoly, you can make the argument for Google. Facebook is a monopoly. Apple definitely isn't. Amazon Amazon is like, I get where it comes from. And they should be regulated and look closely at, but they're not a monopoly. But whatever. That's that's my personal opinion. Um, So when they were talking, now when they were grilling Amazon, what they were specifically grilling Amazon on is uh, their marketplace. So, most of what you see on Amazon is not sold by Amazon. It is sold by other companies, like major companies. It is sold by these random random mom-and-pop stores. And so, most things that are there do not belong to Amazon. It is just a platform that connects buyers and sellers. And Amazon deals with the logistics of everything. Except um, Amazon, increasingly have their own private label brands. So the most common thing you see is Amazon Choice. Uh, They'll brand specific things, but they have other ones. We just don't know the names of all of them. And the idea is that Amazon is using the information they got from the the sellers, the third-party sellers, and they're using that to figure out what things to go into, what things to build. And sometimes it's really stupid. It's like a, it's it's like a, a, it's an organizer for your trunk, right? So it, it's very niche and specific, but Amazon use, uses that third-party seller data. And actually, the person who was most going after, after Jeff Bezos was uh, Congresswoman Pramila Jayapaya. And um, what's notable about her is that she represents, she's from Washington State, where Amazon is headquartered in. Yeah, in Seattle. And so typically... Seattle? Yes. Yeah, it's Seattle. Uh, Microsoft is like a red something. Redmond or something. Yeah, but that's also in Washington. But notably, politicians don't tend to attack major employers in their own state. Uh, uh, Congresswoman Pramila did not give a fuck. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So she went after them. And... On the main question of uh, of their policy, of their policy, Jeff Bezos says, "I can't answer that question here uh, over whether or not Amazon uses third-party data." It's Jeff Bezos says, "I can't answer that question, yes or no. What I can tell you is we have a policy against using seller-specific data to aid our private label business, but I cannot guarantee that policy has never been violated." 
am very proud of what we've done for third party sellers on on this platform but you know that doesn't exactly sound the best did, wait did jeff bezos say that in person was he uh well there? by by video call okay all, all every every ceo was there by video call okay i was just curious oh. because i do remember i think once amazon did not want to send jeff bezos instead they yes. sent somebody else yes this is the first time jeff bezos is testifying in front of congress Okay. Something Mark Zuckerberg has done a lot. Tim Cook yes. has done several times. Sindar Pachai, I think, has done it like one or twice, once or twice. Um, but yes, that is. Um, so that's what Amazon and Jeff Bezos is now uh, like. Jeff Bezos and Amazon have been doing relatively well during the pandemic. Not relatively, very well, <laughs> during the pandemic, and his net worth. What it's. It was like before pre-pandemic was around 110, 120 billion. He is now worth 188 billion. And his ex-wife who got, uh, who became like the second richest woman on earth after divorcing Jeff Bezos, she gave $2 billion to charity and within two days made that money back up. Through investments? Uh, yes, through her, her share of Amazon. So Amazon's doing really well. Now, I was going to do some silly joke, though, about all the emails she must be getting about um, donating again. <laughs> no, she's she's really trying to donate a lot, a lot <laughs> of the money. And so you, you don't really see that from Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is like, what if I make a whole Internet platform on the on space? What if I what if we go to Mars? What if we do something else to piss off Elon Musk? Oh, yeah. Elon Musk versus Bezos is a hilarious billionaire fight. But yeah. That's so. That's the Amazon stuff, and um, okay. Last, the worst one is uh, Facebook. And um, what's wrong? What's wrong with Facebook? Um, everything is wrong with Facebook. A lot, a lot is wrong, and the problem is also the employees themselves are saying things are wrong. Yeah. So I I don't I didn't realize this until I was looking at all the episodes today. Each episode has something bad about Facebook on it, which is not done on purpose. It is a accident. It just like, like coronavirus is something we do on purpose. We talk about it every episode, but Facebook is, that's something that happens by accident. Um, so the first question they get, this one is not Facebook specific. This one is not a bad thing for Facebook is, uh, I forgot which congressman he's like, how dare you block uh, Donald Trump Jr. from posting on Twitter? And then Mark Zuckerberg had to be like, that's not us. We do a lot, but that's Twitter. Go, go message Twitter about it. Although uh, Facebook recently has started to block uh, Donald Trump from saying uh, lies, like children don't get coronavirus. My question is, do you think it was... Mark's decision to do that or was it his employees pushing him to do that? I think I think there's a shift in the company to do more True um, But yeah, so so from the Republicans uh, they attack uh, Facebook for uh, For having a conservative bias against conservatives. They're like you are banning conservatives You're not allowing them to say whatever they want blah 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 blah. It's bullshit uh, uh, Conservatives have a greater have a greater following on social media. Uh, it was leaked last week that um, actually uh, conservative publications, news websites, uh, they have a lower standards for uh, fact checking. And that like, so normally if a news website were say this many false things, they would get blocked. Um, a Facebook executive personally uh, went to like Breitbart and said, no, 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 don't worry about it. So if anything, Facebook does have a conservative bias, just not a negative one, a positive one, as in they're allowing conservatives to do more on the platform. But that was a talking point that the Republican Party maintained. Um, Democrats, they were talking about, uh, they were talking more about their business practices, uh, specifically on how they dealt with Instagram. 
Um, so Instagram was acquired by Facebook. Um, it was in, during the Obama era uh, for a billion dollars. And now Instagram is the second largest uh, social network, social media uh, network in the world. Um, Facebook and Instagram have a, have been either acquiring other companies that they compete with or copy them. Like they tried to acquire Snapchat and when they could not acquire Snapchat, they decided to introduce stories, which was the main thing on Snapchat. So everything on Facebook has stories. Messenger has stories, Facebook has stories, Instagram has stories. WhatsApp has stories, all of them have stories. Um, this week, last week, um, so f TikTok, uh, Facebook, Instagram made a, uh, a, a clone of TikTok uh, on their platform called Reels. Um, so that's something. And when they were talking about buying Instagram, there was paraphrasing, there were emails. It's like, oh, if we can't buy them, we'll destroy them. So, you know, that doesn't sound good if you're trying to prove that you're not a monopoly. Mm -hmm. If we can't own this uh, company, we'll destroy it. Um, that's I'll, just, oh, what, I forgot what you call it. It's not necessarily the same as the whole antitrust problem with buying a company leading to you having too much market share. It's more the destroying the other market share so it all becomes yours. Like this is a, so when people think uh, trust busting, you know, of a trust, of a monopoly, we're talking about like 1900 eras uh, own all the railroads, own all the oil, standard oil type of thing. That is, yeah. that is word for word a classic monopoly play. Yeah, but the problem is that that's not how monopolies all look like nowadays because things have changed. Yeah, and that's where there's a. Uh, I don't want to get into this. Just monopoly talk is so complicated. We'll we'll yeah, go. Um, we'll, I'm we'll just gonna say, to put it easily though, it's um. The world and its technology is advancing at a pace faster than bureaucracy can adjust to. Yeah, faster than our laws or systems of governance can move. Yep. And, um, okay, so, so, that was, so that was the gist of what every company had to deal with. And, uh, again, quoting from uh, Congressman Cicilline, uh, the ranking member, is, um, this is this was part of his final comments. This hearing has made one fact clear to me. These companies, as they exist today, have monopoly power. Some need to be broken up. All need to be properly regulated and held accountable. We need to ensure that antitrust laws first written more than a century ago work in the digital age. So that actually sounds like something Congress is going to do. So Facebook, you're probably going to get broken up. Just, just, just have a good feeling about it. Um, but yeah, let's take another break before we go into our last couple topics. Cool? Alright. Alright. We're back. Um, sadly, we're still talking about social media, although a little bit different circumstances. So, because, for unknown reasons, either because Trump really hates China, or Trump really hates the fact that a bunch of TikTok teens said that they were going to go to his rally and didn't show up, so his rally looked empty. For some reason, uh, Donald Trump really hates TikTok. And uh, he talked about banning them outright. And then everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's crazy. So he's like, so uh, Donald Trump, over the weekend, he signed an executive order saying, um, saying that uh, Tencent... Uh, they own WeChat. WeChat is also part of this. Tencent and ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok, must sell their uh, must sell their um, U.S. operations to an American company specifically within forty-five days or be banned. Yeah, that's um, a pretty big deal. A major deal. And actually, the only reason that Trump didn't try to get rid of TikTok right away is because Microsoft. Because if it was feeling left out of the monopoly hearings, it's like no, 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 no. We'll acquire TikTok. And and oh, so they're talking also about originally acquiring TikTok USA. And I think I just recently heard some uh, some news about, hey, you know, what about buying the entire TikTok company on a global yeah. scale? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the original deal, as it appears uh, from what I read, is that. 
Microsoft would purchase the US, Australian, New Zealand versions of the TikTok app. And then TikTok would still exist uh, beyond those locations and they're still run by ByteDance. Mm-hmm. And the details of, of it changed because this is very hush-hush, but it would be... Um, but they're talking a lot about like would they compete with each other is it just managed by microsoft in those in those locations so there's all that sort of discussion going on um tencent there's no there's no way tencent is a different situation than tiktok wechat isn't as popular in the us uh tiktok has 100 million us users i have no idea what wechats are but it's a significantly less yeah um i wanted to think about something with tiktok though uh what I find weird is I feel like TikTok, the most important thing to the platform is, is its algorithm. Yes. And unfortunately, it's kind of hard to be able to um, use that algorithm without buying the whole company outright. That's true. Uh, they could make some deal that uh, they would own it. But actually, yeah. talking about the algorithm, so why, so why are there legitimate concerns about TikTok versus, you know, Donald Trump is a... Uh, uh, is mad about his rally. Uh, so people are talking about data collection. Except, yes. Uh, wouldn't most U.S. companies be doing about the same amount of data collection if? Yes, but this time, but this time it is a foreign more. company. This time yes, it's the, is this time it's um, China. Okay. The Let's, issue is also data collection of minors. Again, and, that's uh, the U.S. barely cares about that YouTube and. Yeah, and then the one I think which really was the issue is having a platform that's very influential is an issue in terms of being able to control the content on there because it could be considered as a propaganda tool. But doesn't that also apply to a lot of American social media platforms? Yes, uh, but the concerns are for TikTok are... Um with some evidence is uh they would uh they would hide what people were talking about in hong kong when the hong kong protests were going on um they would uh censor information about the uyghurs which were undergoing a more or less ethnic cleansing in china does that include tiktok america uh yes because i do know that technically the american tiktok and chinese tiktok are still separate they're they're different entities Yes. They're, they're owned by the same parent company, but they're different companies. But their content are still separate, too, to some extent. Yes, yes. Their content is... Only the underlying technology is the same. Okay. So, um... Yes, so that's one thing. Uh, those are legitimate concerns. And again, the U.S. and China are basically doing a Cold War 2.0. And Donald Trump has been, I hate China everything. And... The U.S. has done this before. We, as in, like, uh, went after uh, Chinese companies. The U.S. went after Huawei when um, when they wanted to bring 5G over to the United States. Um, I forgot what company is called, but um, the U.S. blocked this. Uh, actually, no, they forced a divestment of Grinder, which was which was going to be owned by a Chinese company. So there is a precedent for this. It just like usually. They have a better reason for it. And also the president doesn't intervene like that. So there's a there's a lot of debate on whether or not Trump can actually do this. Mm -hmm. uh, um, because when software so Huawei is a piece of physical equipment. You can physically install the cell towers for 5G. Um Grinder, they had like they had they had reviews of national security concerns and like there was a system that is in place to deal with this. WeChat just seems like it was added in. Uh, TikTok, TikTok, there's n there's no evidence of an issue because TikTok has been very transparent. They're like, you want to look at our lines of code? You can look at our lines of code. We have our servers in the United States. We we haven't given any information to the Chinese government, and. They say they claim that they can't share information to the Chinese government even if they wanted to, but that one is a little bit more dubious. But TikTok has been very like aggressive about trying to limit this. And so 
Trump wants to force the sale. Not only does he want to force the sale to Microsoft, he wants a finder's fee, which is also something else that's legal. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but it, it's it's expect, expected that uh, uh, Tuesday or so when we're recording this tomorrow, uh, TikTok will sue the, the federal government saying that they can't force the sale. Um, there are laws that generally say that apps and like digital technologies are a form of free speech. So it could be a First Amendment concern. Uh, for WeChat, it looks like Apple will, will probably take a stand because uh, WeChat is very important in the Chinese market and that like WeChat is the everything app. So if the oh, iPhone yeah. can't have the everything app, then that ruins Apple's second largest market. I mean, I have WeChat, and I use it to survive whenever I travel to China and contact my Chinese friends. How often do you travel to China? I, I traveled once, but now contacting <laughs> my Chinese friends. Yes. But also, just in general, when I was in China, it was WeChat everything. Yeah. No, but it's like, I use WeChat too. I talk to a lot of my friends on WeChat. So, it's very concerning that, um, that the Trump administration wants to ban WeChat. And for everything that seems legally do it doesn't seem legal it seems vindictive and it doesn't feel thought out so mm-hmm. yep that's that um yeah i think we went over most of what tiktok and do you want to bring up this last point we have here oh no i want to just discuss um, one of the major issues I have, though, with this whole ban thing is it could set a precedence, though, for other services in the future, and the U.S. government could easily ban them, which is why I'm actually kind of in support of not getting a TikTok banned, because I feel that is an incorrect way to approach such an issue, because I don't want to set a precedence which allows the government to ban future companies as yeah. easily as it would be now. Also, what, what it's... It, as another precedent, it's um, the U.S. is doing the same thing it criticizes China for doing, for having a internet that is wholly separate from, like, a ch- separate Chinese internet. Well, the Trump administration, by pushing this, they're advocating for a Chinese internet, an American internet, and that's very concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just felt like this was all something worth mentioning. Oh, and the last piece of news now. Yes. So, uh, did I already mention it before? I think I may have. But NVIDIA is planning on buying ARM. And the talks are just moving forwards, which means that, once again, major American semiconductor company is still incredibly insistent on purchasing major uh, British uh, processor architecture company. Um, they don't actually manufacture the processors, but they design architectures that are used basically in almost all mobile phones. They make the brains for every phone, computer. I mean, not every computer, every now phone. Now computers and also a lot of specialized tools, but basically... Yeah. Um, Without these, no, nothing works. Purchasing Noth- ARM would be a major... Um, you, purchase considering the amount of uh, technologies that rely on ARM. Uh, I don't you just call it ARM. <laughs> ARM, yeah, ARM, ARM. Yeah. So it's a. Oh no, it's all capitalized, deal. and to me that is a acronym or something. Okay, fine, but yeah, no, that's a major deal. If Nvidia is one of the larger companies, they they are pioneer in graphics cards in uh, in. Um, Machine learning chips. So, so yeah, um, NVIDIA is a company that specializes mainly in graphics processing. And what's interesting about graphics processing is that um, a lot of the specialized calculations needed to do all the graphics, which is what they originally started with, is also incredibly effective in anything to do with major data set calculations and machine learning. And so, actually, they're... I think one of the big players currently in developing specialized hardware for self-driving cars, as well as, um, yeah. Okay. Oh, let me simplify this a bit. NVIDIA makes cards that make games look really well. And funnily enough, the math that works to make those games look really well work in processing large amounts of data. 
for so, scientific research or or for uh, for machine learning so the self-driving car bit it can process all the information that a car needs to take in so this way you know your your tesla doesn't run you off the road yep so basically just big player in the tech world um especially if you go into computing and yeah and here's, it's an interesting also to see them because i know they've started developing mobile chips and seeing them maybe actually purchase the company that is the leader in mobile chips when we're talking or about mobile monopolies chip design not manufacturing yeah so as we talk about companies that are too big that need to be broken up these are more companies coming together and yeah i think we're done all right well that was a feels like a long episode i would say uh, actually, actually we're on the shorter hour. end we're, we're on the short end i think i guess i'm just tired <laughs> all right anyways thank you guys for listening uh follow us on instagram we have a website now uh like and subscribe tell your friends about us and we really appreciate all the support we've gotten and yeah see you guys next time all right bye all right